Hello and welcome to the Chris and Bud Show. My name is Chris Scarborough, and with me is my co-host, my friend, and my brother in pod, Mr. Bud Bohannon. Together we'll be taking you on a nostalgic ride discussing a wide array of topics from our childhood through today, hoping to share a bunch of laughs along the way. Today we are finally talking about it. It is. We've only been mentioning this. Yeah, we've only talked about this. I don't know. Three weeks or like, yeah, almost a month now. And uh, we're gonna build up all this anticipation just to ruin it. But uh, <laughs> we'll do our best. Uh, we're finally gonna talk about Arrow season one. Hopefully, we'll get through and keep moving on. Uh, we decided to postpone Flash some, so that we can just talk about just Arrow, get through Arrow, and then we'll move on to Flash. Obviously, it takes us a lot longer to get through these seasons than we anticipated, and that's why we decided to kind of push it off or hold off until we're ready so that we could have watched the whole season and, and been able to digest a lot of it and be able to, you know, remember. I mean, this season, I don't remember the release date, but it was a long time ago. I mean, the first time I watched it was probably almost 10 years ago, so it's not, it's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. So, ideally... We'll have a it, it may end up having a couple of releases between uh season one and season two. So it was uh Bud pulled it up. It was released in October of two thousand and twelve, which is nine years ago. Almost nine years ago. So a long time ago. I probably we probably first watched it not long after that when it was first put on Netflix. So it's been back a long in our time. destiny days. Yes. Uh the good days. So we'll kind of just jump right into it. It's nuts. What was man. your it's yeah. I was gonna say, how you feel about it? I forgot how good of a show it was. Because normally I go back and rewatch TV shows. I'm one of these people that it takes a lot for me to watch a new show. I just go back and rewatch the same shows I know I like like five or six times. Because every time I rewatch it, I pick up on things that I missed previously. And it was, man. I mean, season one was just a banger. There's so much stuff there that I completely forgot about and actually watching this with the perception of doing a podcast on it, I think helped a little bit too. Cause I was kind of watching it more as a critic more so than just a person who likes the TV show. Yeah. I mean, it picked up a lot of different hints, picked up a lot of setups, the, uh, all the flashbacks for like Lee and you made a lot more sense, you know, especially after you know what already happens. Man, that finale episode. Boy, I could probably spend the whole podcast just on that episode. That was that was just well done. Well done. Yeah, I uh I remember once I started watching it, I remember mentioning it to you that like I really forgot how good this season was. We obviously we're talking all this in hindsight, but you know, season 2, we can agree is our favorite season of Arrow. That's in true. in retrospect. You know, with Deathstroke and everything that kind of happens in season two, 
And, uh, you know, you just kind of forget. You're like, season one, man, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> do I really got to watch it? And uh, I'm glad I did because it's a lot better than I remember. Uh, they do a great job of set, setting this foundation. They introduce all the characters that are that relevant and stay relevant. I mean, a lot of these people that are introduced in the first like three, four episodes stay basically with the show the entire time, you know, with the introduction of Diggle and uh, well, Thea's a little on and off, but a lot of the people they introduce early on, you know, they really set the the proverbial groundwork, so to speak. Yeah. And they really made a good effort of like throwing you hints. Now you don't know what the hints were, but when we watching when we're watching it now, we a lot of it makes a lot more sense. But just to jump right into it, I guess talking about we're not necessarily going to go in order but we're going to try our best to just kind of talk about every episode that we can and i mean the pilot was it probably wasn't as action-packed as people probably wanted it to be but it did a great job of just like immersed you into the new this new world that you're you know starting to kind of figure out right it gave you everything that you needed to sort of um kind of figure out what's going on where are we at you know it really set the stage of like where this show is going to be where the show is going to take place uh, and, so, and a lot of the characters that are going to be important to this show and uh well, I, they, I didn't really write any notes about it but yeah they did other, a great job the other thing that they did too was the very first episode they give you like what maybe like a five or a ten minute kind of backstory and then they just get right into the main mahone they don't take the whole freaking episode to give you the backstory because they're giving you the backstory pretty much all throughout the show, you know, with the flashbacks of Lee and you, they're keeping it kind of in present time and building that story while making the Lee and you stuff, the flashbacks kind of, you know, secondary, which helped me keep my attention, you know, because when I watch a movie, there's nothing worse than watching 30 or 40 minutes for a movie to get going like I've done lost my interest by then you got to you got to hook me in the first couple minutes you know I mean, that's kind of how our world is now you know that's why music is so oversaturated we don't have awesome songs anymore we just have good songs for like a couple weeks and then it's on to the next thing but yeah, yeah they they did a really good job with the pilot episode as far as like just grabbing my attention right then and there yeah i want to kind of talk about characters that were introduced um so there was a lot of really good ones, uh, and there's some bad ones. But Tommy, throughout this entire season, I feel so bad that the show ended the way it did, and Tommy was kind of taken out of the show. <sighs> he had so much potential to do a lot. I mean, there's sometimes where he's a little cringy because he's like overcrying and things like that. For the most part, his acting was damn good the entire first season. Um, Diggle. He's a little too dry in the beginning, but he obviously that's that was the point, right? And then he kind of loosens up as as he gets to know Oliver more. Um, my two favorites, uh, Walter Steele and uh, Quentin Lance. Uh, there's not enough that can be said about the effort and just the overall just damn good acting from Quentin Lance. Uh, you know, uh, the gentleman who plays Quentin Lance. Yeah, because um, he's he's a strong character in the whole series. Yeah, like, and, and it's so funny. He like he takes over, or his presence is felt every time he's in the room. Like he doesn't ever feel like he's uh, playing. Like um, he's always being behind, or like he's second fiddle to say. Even when the arrow is on the screen, like he always feels like he's as, as important. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel like he's the equivalence of um, Harrison Wells in Flash, you know, how he just, yeah, such a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. And I, you know, it was sad. I think that was one of those, that's for another time, but another gut wrenching moment with him as well. Um, I really, I really, to, to circle back a little bit to Walter Steele, I wish he was in it more. Like, he's such a calming presence. Um, obviously, not so much in this first episode, but later on in the show, I feel like he really sets the tempo and kind of like what's important. Or he sets, or he's the ground, like he's the tree that everything else grows around. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's he, the moral he just, compass. Yeah, for 100%. Um, Thea, she's, I, I'm, I'm assuming this is what she's supposed to be like, but I, I really didn't like her through the first season. Yeah, she's she all redeems over the herself place. towards the bottom. Yeah. Like one day she's cool, she's happy about Oliver. The other day she doesn't she hates Oliver. The next day she's getting dry. It's just it it was I, I get it. I think the goal was to like have her go down some bad paths and learn some lessons, but she was really tough to like throughout the entire first season. Um I agree and obviously with that. the main uh Laurel, uh she's a little up and down too. She's so hot uh, though. She very, um, she's definitely a beautiful lady, but she's just so all over the place. She, she's similar to Thea. She just, she, she hates Oliver one day. She, she's in love with Oliver the next day. She hates Oliver the next. It's just, it's too much. Uh, Oliver, obviously, um, his acting can't be understated. It gets better, of course, as the season goes on, as he gets more comfortable in who you know Arrow is and who Arrow is going to become. I agree with uh, that. But to be honest, to be honest, the weakest character in the entire season is probably Moira. Uh, she's my least favorite character in the entire show. Yeah, Moira. 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 Like, why can't I, she just call her by a normal name? She's Myra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Moira. And uh, and I really don't think Robert does a great... I mean, he doesn't have a lot of time on the screen, so it's hard to say he doesn't do a great job. But I feel like in the backstories and stuff like that, that he doesn't have enough, I guess. Even when they do some flashbacks and they talk about him, I just feel like there's just not enough. I guess he died for quote unquote, a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not enough redeeming qualities to make you like him. So then I guess the sacrifice that he makes ultimately redeems him from a lot of this, but I don't know. It was, that was a struggle. And, and like you were just talking about, they didn't even, they didn't even give really Robert the showtime until what halfway in the season to where they had that flashback to where Robert and uh, Moira were in the bedroom having that conversation. And he yep. was talking about doing business with Merlin and, and how he didn't trust them. And at that point, Moira didn't know anything about the whole plan. That was like the, really the first kind of teaser we got of of Robert on screen time. You know, everything else was yeah. just kind of little tidbits here and there. Yeah, and I, I'm sure he would have been, if he was given more opportunity, he could have done a better job. I just feel like, I mean, he just seemed like just a normal dad, I guess. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing like um, impressive, I guess. Um, I mean, not that it necessarily was a bad thing. I just, the time that he had, I didn't feel like, Either it was the writing or something. I just felt like he didn't get over enough that he was still a good man. He tried, right? Because like even in those moments, he was like, "I don't like doing business with him." I kind of, kind of got myself in a bad spot, you know. And uh, I don't know. It was just a struggle for me. Um, season two or the episode two is kind of 
is I'm pretty sure that's where they introduced Felicity, which is wonderful. They they did uh, such a good intro on her. She uh she gets worse as the seasons go on, but in season one and season like early seasons, obviously they it, she changes right, but mm-hmm. like the introduction to her and how she just is like this quirky and uh you know she's awkward and but she's like so true to who she is like i don't think it was in episode 2 but uh in one of the episodes where she just gives Walter Steele who who is her boss who is the ceo of this giant company like just all this lip because he called her into the office you know and uh or maybe it is this episode but it was just like it's like man and it was like it was done with i can't explain it but like she just kind of took over the screen right there and it's like wow they got something with her you know they got to keep building her right yeah like are all the like what i like about her is is her awkward sense of humor like um i remember one episode when felicity went inside the uh the casino to put that uh, tracker inside the computer for the mob boss i, f- I forgot who it was but um, whenever she had that earpiece in and she said something along the lines of it was good to nice or nice to know that you're inside me. Yeah. And she goes, no, <laughs> not not like that. <laughs> yeah. And that's just one of many. Like, yeah. Or like when that scene you're those, yeah. or like that scene you're talking about when he walked when she walked in the room and the lights were off whenever. um, uh, What's his face? I'm having Walter. blanks here. Yeah, Walter, Walter asked her to do some digging, and then she come yeah. in with the lights off and stuff, and she made kind of that snarky comment about meeting with the lights off. I didn't picture it to be this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, they do a, she might have the best writing in season one in terms of, like, her little one-liners and stuff. She is, uh, she's a true treasure. Like yeah, um, Diggle had a few pops, but not many. No, um, my favorite Diggle line is in the Bratfoot episode. I, I think I, I think I already shared it with you off air, but oh, where he's when, like, "Can uh, you teach me that?" Yeah, that is my favorite. That is my favorite Diggle line, probably in the entire show. When uh, he he knocks that guy, well, he he pretends to choke that guy to death, and then he puts him in the back of the tr- of the trunk. And he's and you know Diggle's giving him lip for killing this guy and why would you do that? And then he just reaches underneath his chin and and uh, wakes him up. And Diggle's like, "Whoa!" And then he <laughs> he's like, "Can you teach me that?" And he goes, "No." And Oliver doesn't break character at all, so it makes it even ten times you know ten times better. Yeah. And then you know knocks the guy out. That is like that is like you know the essence of of Diggle in a lot of ways because he's just kind of like he's so. Um, Badass like military, deserve- yeah. Badass yeah. military. I'm I'm always serious type guy. It's our it's yeah. kind of your first little glimpse into seeing a little bit of humor from him. And I'm pretty sure as yeah. the as the show goes on, he becomes more humorous. If I remember right, yeah, he definitely gets more. Well, he said he's had some more one liners in here too. But yeah, that's just the one that I remember that was like you almost think they didn't. That almost wasn't written in the script. It just seems so. What's the word I'm looking for? Like so natural, it didn't come off as like a. It was written in the script, but mm-hmm. yeah, he uh, he definitely develops. I think he might have the biggest in terms of acting and everything. He might have the biggest development over the course from the beginning to the end. 
uh, obviously they start it starts to muddle way in the future, like in season six and seven, it starts to muddle a little bit because it's just there was too many people on the screen. But uh, yeah, I think the fact that they basically were trying to tell a whole story with just him, just Diggle and, and Oliver for a couple four episodes, um, it really showed a lot of who Diggle is, and I think that was a lot of it too because he got to kind of. We got to set a a standard for Diggle, right? He has these morals that he doesn't like to bend in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, he's this a military he man. Is. Yeah, and it, he like set the standard. This is what I am, and uh, then you could kind of play within the within that framework. But this is who he is, and I thought that you know they did a great job in doing that. Other than that, a lot of season, the next episode and stuff like that. I mean, the the bulk of that is just continuing to build all this stuff. Um, I don't think we have any. Besides the introduction, I mean, the most important thing is the introduction of Felicity, to be honest, and then him recruiting uh, Diggle. Um, you know, season or season three, Jesus, episode three. This is when it starts to get kind of cool, right? Like, uh, I read my little bit of notes real quick. I said that the Lawton introduction was pretty good, and he was the first real, you know, bad guy who was introduced. Lawton having killed Andy, which is Diggle's brother. It really gave some depth to Diggle's character and what was to come. I think Diggle is the perfect complement to Oliver. He's grounded and compassionate. He keeps Oliver grounded and pulls a lot out of him. Having Oliver Oliver reveal his identity and save Diggle's life was well done. Um, and this was hundred percent. This was the whole back and forth too between Diggle wanting Oliver to to not kill people, and then Oliver's like, "This is the way that you have to do it," wasn't it? Like in that kind of the whole intro into season three is like, you don't have to kill everybody. Yeah. Into this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, but I want you to kill this guy. So yeah, <laughs> it was, it was kind of a, it was an unusual little, um, uh, give and take because he was saying like, you don't have to kill everybody. You don't have to do all this to, uh, to, 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 to write your mission, which he didn't generally kill a lot of people, which I, looking back, I felt like he killed a lot more people in the beginning of the show than he did. And, uh, you know, like he let Adam Hunt go and then he, you know, he would later die in this season, but they he let him go, for example. And, uh, once they came in contact with, with Lawton and he knew who it was because of the, uh, what is it called? The Kuru, I think it is, which is the poison he laces his bullets with, man. It was, uh, I think that was a good little thing because he looked into it, I guess. And that's how he knew that he, this guy killed Diggle's brother because he died the same way with the Kuru uh, and him being the only assassin that does that. I think that Lawton and, uh, or you know, Deadshot as he's called. Um, I think that character is really good. We, we joked, I think it was on the last episode about Will Smith's version of Deadshot. Yep. And I feel like this particular version of, of Floyd Lawton and Deadshot is a great example of, of Deadshot, really. Uh, he just He's just a gun for hire. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yep. And his whole thing is like, he just wants to kill people, do his job, basically. Whatever that, whatever that means. Um, yeah, like you said, he's so, not a, a pumped up bad boy. Yeah, he's not, he's not out there throwing around his little goofiness, right? So I don't know. I'm I'm glad that he doesn't end up dying though. Even though he, I think this, I think in that end of that episode, arrow, um, Oliver shoves a arrow in his eye, and uh, that was a pretty cool little uh, nod 
to the arrow that's in I think they already showed it in Lian Yu when where he kind of there they had the eye, arrow through the eye in Lian Yu and uh of the dead shot um yeah the mask yeah mask yeah uh lead me into some of that uh, I guess I got some more thing on this one so episode 4 is called an innocent man and I think this is the first time where I was like this is some bullshit you know <laughs> yeah so uh, my little notes I wrote were Oliver dressed as a prison guard was so hokey. Also, the footage they used to quote unquote capture Oliver was from when Hunt was attacked, not when he was at the prison, which in my mind would have made more sense. I know they see Oliver in the hood in the hunt or Oliver with the hood in the hunt footage. It was just weird. The reason I say that is that he had to put the damn costume on at some point, right? Or switch to the prison uniform. Like you don't have a camera mm-hmm. that has a picture of him with the damn, you know, taking the hood off and putting on the other hood. Like, come on, guys. I, that I just that part I just struggle. It, this particular episode, all that just kind of threw threw it out the window. I didn't care anymore. But I just, think you know what I mean. But I think too, if if you're a first time viewer watching it, the the fact that. You know, Quentin is getting this close already to identifying yeah. him is just so more irrelevant, or I should say prevalent, than the semantics of how it happened. You know, we're yeah. we're rewatching this stuff already knowing how this stuff ends more so or less. So it's kind of like we're looking for this stuff like, you know, in general movies, like how many times can people with guns, you know, miss a guy with a bow and arrow? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, if I is if I'm a prison guard now, granted, they had other things to worry about. So anybody that was trying to help them, maybe that was important to them. But like, come on, dude, if you didn't see some dude with a hood on wearing a prison outfit, you're not going to think nothing of it. Yeah, I just I just I lost my like what I cared about a little bit in that one. You know, it it was just weird. Um, although at the end of that episode, you know, Oliver is arrested as the. You know, he's being considered the, the Green Arrow or the Arrow or the, what do they call him, the Hood at the time? The Vigilante. And, uh, vigil, maybe, yeah, I guess it's still the Vigilante. But uh, I think that, I, I guess I had forgotten it was this early, right? Like, I knew it happened. And uh, this is when Oliver and Diggle have a little bit of a falling out because Diggle is felt like he's being used, which he kind of was, right? Right. Um. But I'm going to read my little, another, my, I wrote notes for like the first half of these and then I did not write notes for the other half, but so I'll just read them. Uh, the fact that Laurel thinks Oliver can remember going into, going to, uh, to Iron Heights prison in the eighth grade after the island and everything he's been through was a weird exchange. I felt like that was the worst way to prove that he lied. I guess that was her being a great lawyer, but in the grand scheme was really lame. In the flashbacks, having Oliver tortured by the other Deathstroke was a pretty cool intro into the character. I, I really felt that that was a weird exchange with Laurel and Oliver after the uh, polygraph. I think he passed all of them, basically. Yeah. So it was kind of weird to have that was the one that like threw her off. I just, like, I, I wouldn't remember going to a prison in the eighth grade. I couldn't tell you a trip I went on in eighth grade. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Well, I guess that it's a little different because they were. I guess it's a little different because you know they were lovers back then. Maybe I just I don't know that one. I just that part's the only part that really struck me as like 
this dude's been through all this shit and you're over here worried. <laughs> and like, he literally could have just truly remembered that he didn't know that he had ever been there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That part I kind of struggled with. Um, I did like that. Oliver was like, Nope, I'm in full, I'm in full capacity of my, uh, you know, I know what I'm doing at all times. I'm, this is not, this is bull crap, yada, yada, yada. And that, you know, he wants to take a polygraph. And I thought that was all really well done. Also yeah, just showing doing, how much more of a badass he really is. Yeah. And then like, you know, them having him play, I guess I get, I like that they kind of went away from this, but because it was too much Bruce Wayne and uh Batman style, because it's all like, Oh, I'm the party boy bachelor guy, you know? And he mm-hmm. kind of, that part eventually faded away. Thank God. Because I just think that he is, no matter how hard he tried to portray it, I felt like he, he definitely struggled with that. I did enjoy Diggle in the hood. I think he does a great job in the hood, but yeah, I I don't know. The whole lead up was kind of crazy. It's, I think as usual, there's always up and down in episodes, and that was one of the downs in my opinion. Episode six was called Legacies. This one, I guess, was, was kind of a struggle for me because it's about a group of bank robbers that worked. His, the dad was a, uh, like a textile worker or whatever in his factory. And then, you know, they when they closed the factory and sent the job off, you know, they ended up having to find another way to make things meet or make yeah. all those make ends meet, right? The guys with and, the, uh, the cards on their face. You could Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do another nod to Batman and call him the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that was what kind of a joke they were going with. I'm not sure. Maybe. But uh I think a lot of it was you know, I think that it it really showed uh Oliver having some compassion and wanting to truly help somebody because he tried to talk him out of it. He mm-hmm. tried to say no. And of course, of course, arrow is Oliver as arrow didn't kill him. His son did accidentally. But, uh, I think that overall it was really good. I think Myra Moira, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, get it right <laughs> in this episode and, and other episodes. She just, yeah, she just falls short, man. I just, I don't know. She just falls short. I don't really like her. Yeah, her acting's kind of wonky from time to time. Like, she does good when she's playing mom with Thea. But for whatever reason, when she's playing mom with Oliver, she just doesn't seem to, I don't know, connect. And maybe that's because she's weird about Oliver, and she's not sure how she feels about him versus how she feels about, you know, of course, because she's been with Thea the whole time. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe that was the point. But it just seemed really weird for me. And the funny thing was, uh, Diggle is the one who convinced him to take a look at this, which I think was good that he let Diggle kind of gave him one, so to speak, right? Well, yeah, because this was, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, this was kind of the, the, I'm sorry for not looking into your brother's killer thing. Like when they were going back and forth between that and Diggle was whining too much, you know, why do we always do the stuff in your book and not, not my stuff? And Oliver's like, we don't have time for personal vendettas. It's all about the damn book. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, uh, right around that time period. Actually. Yeah. Well, because he let Lawton, well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure it's all in that same timeline because, uh, no, 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 no. That's not just yet. That hasn't happened just yet because Lawton comes back. Um, yeah, he comes back like three times in the whole season, I think. Yeah, I think it's not when he comes back to try to kill Merlin. It's another time after that. But that's to come. So my little notes about season episode seven. Uh, Walter is easily the one of the best characters of season one. 
I think this introduction of the Huntress was a pretty good one, uh, but it was really a lull period for the show. It was nice to pair Oliver with another vigilante as he could be himself both day and night. Obviously, I, this is the beginning I, of the Huntress, right? I didn't like the Huntress. Well, I, I'm a little weird. So I didn't like her the first time I watched it. I didn't particularly mind her the second time I watched it. But, uh, but well, I guess mostly because I knew it wasn't going to lead much, you know, that it wasn't going to go very far. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just, I guess the whole point was to try to, to show that Oliver can try to make things work, but it still wouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, to have uh, a relationship, that kind of stuff. And I thought that she's a great foil to Oliver. Like, she, she proves that she's not... That she's smart, right? That she can she can do it. I didn't well, really not like really because Al- remember Oliver tried to train her with the bow and arrow, and she sucked so bad she got a crossbow. Yeah, yeah. She- <laughs> well, I'm saying that later in later episodes where she uh, like she she hustles him right um, to get him to try to help her kill her father or to get Oliver to help her kill her father, and uh, like she did a good job of like like she showed up at the at the house right. Mm-hmm. And was like talking to Thea and was like, oh, hey, Oliver, you know, that sort of stuff. So she still has some pretty good wits about her. But I agree, it's probably not the strongest storytelling. It, it's still not terrible. I mean, I think that she had a good short run and she didn't do, she didn't mess nothing up, right? Um, I think, the meanwhile, only, I think the only good thing but, about the Huntress was whenever she found out who green arrow was. And it was that first shock value moment of the show. Like somebody knows his identity. What's going to happen. Yeah. Well, other than Diggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it gave, it gave, and plus because Diggle didn't trust her. So I think that was a good, a good little wrinkle too, because then Diggle can be right. Yeah. And and uh, Oliver was blinded by love. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she wasn't terribly, I mean, she was pretty good looking too. So, it, yeah. it 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 made sense, uh, but the weird thing was Laurel and Tommy, and then them two dating, and like he gets cut off in this particular episode, and it's just like, man, I don't know. Like it never felt good. I guess it always felt kind of weird. Uh, the next episode is Vendetta. Basically, my little notes here were showing Huntress consumed with with revenge and not uh, leading to their continued work allowed for. A growing moment between Diggle and Oliver. Uh, Helena was a good character, but she wasn't a long-term solution. So obviously, it it kind of blows up in episode this next episode, kind of like what they were doing, right? And uh, it allowed Oliver to have to kind of a basically apologize to Diggle. And uh, I can't remember if he quits. I think he quits at this time. One of his many quits, I think. <laughs> and. Uh, I think it does a lot of growth between them two as they continue trying to kind of find where they're at. And then, you know, Walter was a weird one. The other part, like Felicity kind of helping Walter and uh, trying to figure out what that particular, that secret organization was that they had kind of alluded to earlier in the show. Oh man, it was some good stuff. I think that, like I said, Walter just continues to to be this like calming presence in the entire show, mm-hmm. and Felicity kind of having this uh, like I guess like daughter kind of thing with Walter was was cool because it was never it never came off anything more than that. 
like a friendship, right? Which is a good thing because it really shouldn't have. Except for that one like sexual joke with the lights being out. Yeah, but that was that's just felicity though. That wasn't right. It wasn't you know that's just her. Yeah, it wasn't between Walter and her. Walter just kind of yeah. looked at her like, "Bitch, what you talking?" Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but it was definitely a good. I think that this one, the Huntress leaving at this time, really allowed the show to continue to grow, uh, which was good because I mean it did a good to kind of help bridge the gap between. I guess where they were trying to introduce, I guess some of those wrinkles and stuff definitely bridged a nice little gap between the two. Um, next episode, not, uh, not a lot in this one. I don't think, but, uh, it's, it's called years in the introduction of black arrow. I guess it's kind of the, that's kind of important, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> minor details. Uh, yeah. Minor details. So, uh, it's the first time that we get to, to meet the, uh, Black Arrow, as but I don't know. I guess that's what they call him. Um, that's what I call him. I'll read my little notes, and then we can kind of talk about that. Uh, I wrote Quentin proves his ability as a detective and his his ability to make sense of stuff around him, even if they won't agree with him. Walter being kidnapped really is a bummer. The flashbacks up to this point have been really boring slash slow. Oliver's battle with Malcolm proves that Oliver has a lot left to learn. Um. Take him down, yeah, peg or two. Like, yeah, and it really did. It kind of, and he he loses his confidence. Like in the next episode, he he's like scared, or not scared. He's timid because he realizes he's not as badass as he thought he was. And, yeah, uh, and that sinks into the viewers too. It's like he's just been whooping ass left and right, and now all of a sudden he gets his ass kicked. Because like the next episode says, like six weeks later, and you're like, really? Took him that long? Like he suffered that much of a beating? Yeah. Well, he lost his confidence. Like he he felt like he couldn't do it. So I don't know. I, I thought that it was a good it allowed for a break and allowed for time to kind of grow and allow him to kind of grow a little bit. And set um, up a good villain. Yeah, it gave him a lot of time to kind of like, okay. And Quentin, I mean, you can't say enough good things about him. His acting just continues to be amazing throughout this and then them having walter kidnapped was was like an absolute heartbreaker for me because he was he was such a daggone good character man and uh he this time at this point he's going to be away for a while so it really sucked the next episode is a tough one it's obviously there for a reason but it's called burned basically i read my little notes here is uh weird seeing oliver being gun shy and hesitant to put on the hood Laurel is pushed by a friend to investigate the firefighter's death. Oliver, quote-unquote, losing the fight with the firefighter. Proved he wasn't really. Uh, but trial by fire really got him back into it. Quentin using his daughter to try and get a jump on the vigilante is pretty lame as a dad. Oliver putting on the uniform and stuff helps him out a ton because his normal clothes are pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good notes there, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even get the last part. Did you type these notes out like every 10 minutes? Like one sentence per yeah, 10, 15 minutes? I must have been drunk. No, I, I really don't remember. Uh, Sounds like a dial-up moment for me. Oh, oh, the Oliver putting on his uniform. That's talking about the flashbacks. So well, after he oh, kills okay. that mercenary and he gets out of his normal clothes and into that. Okay, I'm with it now. I was like, what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> you got to remember your own notes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, I read the bottom line of the of the the episode recap. Uh, but yeah, once he once he kind of gets that mercenary look on and stops wearing the stupid like boat shoes and the damn shorts and the stupid button up, like it really helped him kind of quote unquote grow uh, while he's on the island anyway, right? It made him transition into not being the spoiled rich brat and kind of coming into his character that we know from present day. Yeah. We missed a lot of your little notes over there. A lot of what you were saying is the same things like what we were saying. And uh, I think that we're like, we're about to crest the wave, right? We're getting to the point where it's going to start. Like we're going to start our downhill. Not quite there yet, but we're, we're heading our way up the wave. and We're about to head to the bottom half of it. So it's really starting to build, but they haven't quite hit that pinnacle yet. Um, we didn't really talk about the 2.6 mil that was was missing from from Moira. I think they've already shown the the gambit uh, at this point. I guess that was a lot earlier. Yeah, and, uh, Merlin. Yeah, so they kind of already showed you that the gambit has been, you know, in a warehouse, and that's more or less what led to Walter getting kidnapped because he kind of started to figure it out. Right? He was uh, he found the gambit in that warehouse, and that was like holy crap. I really gave him a good little bit, right? After that, we got a couple, you know, we lead into the next episode. There's really not a lot to talk about episode 10 because the bulk of what they're talking about is just like that, you know, his, it's his redemption period, right? Yeah, Um, I'll I'll do my notes a little better for next week. That way we have some kind of timeline here. Y'all can't see it, but my my (laughs) notes are just all over the place. (laughs) Well, we weren't sure how we wanted to do this, so we're just kind of figuring it out. But we, we, we want to kind of have some timeline, right? Yeah, that way we're um, not jumping from episode 3 to episode 20, back to episode 5 to episode yeah. 18, back to episode 1. And, and maybe when we re-listen to it, maybe that's what we may have to do. Who knows? But uh, anyway, uh, you know, next episode, episode 11, I think this was a great episode. Uh, it really set the stage for the, the, the relationship between... Oliver and Diggle, another you know wrinkle in that. And my uh, my little notes were Diggle questioning Oliver over his pursuit of Gainer kept them on an even ground. Diggle having to sort of suck it up and apologize really helps keep both of them grounded. Dig showing his willing shows he's willing to do so uh, is a great uh, level-headed approach. Malcolm shows little remorse, just wanting. To get whatever he wants, uh, it really lays the groundwork for the future. And then I basically said, Thea, oh, Thea, the whole sleeping together thing was weird, but it's definitely sowing the seed. And uh, I think that's not necessarily Thea, though. I don't know what that meant. Oh, with Malcolm and uh, Moira, the sleep, them two sleeping together. Like yeah. it was all, I mean, obviously this is revealed. <laughs> I, I like uh, how you wrote that sentence and read it, by the way. You're almost like a, yeah. a published author. Or trying to yeah. be terribly. I what do you mean? I reread it terribly. I couldn't even remember what the hell I was saying. And um, that that don't that that part don't matter. You just fake it till you make it. I'm trying. Uh, this episode had a lot to it. Like I said, that it's setting the stage with Diggle and and Oliver, and like that little a bit with Gainer, and then Diggle having to join his team for a little while, and then him turning on him, and then Oliver eventually saving Diggs' life, like. It really had a great sort of, um, I guess, climax. Like it set it in that little story that was told in that one episode. It really did a great job. Um, 
man, there's a couple really weird things that happen in there too. Like Tommy and his dad and them wanted to sell off the clinic and that sort of stuff. That was weird for me. Uh, Thea being arrested because of the drug use and the crash, you know, Tad vertigo or whatever. And then the flashbacks of Oliver being recaptured and uh, having Yao Fang working with them. Uh, the flashbacks are starting to pick up and get pretty good now, right? Yeah, it's weird how that works, isn't it? Like what I call the main show, which is the modern time, like that starts getting really good and heated. And then the flashbacks are kind of like, meh. And then there's also yep. points where the flashbacks are like, what's happening in the flashbacks? Like, I don't care about the main story anymore. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think that, I mean, they did a pretty good job balancing. I'm not saying they didn't do a good job, but there's definitely certain times where I wanted to see more of, uh, of, of well, Wilson's, you know, Slade Wilson, and then see more of them, what's going on on the island and less of like what's going on in, uh, yeah, there's some low periods too, but like definitely like the, when that started, that story started to take off, which is, it's getting there. Uh, but it definitely started to get a lot better by this point. Um, but you only wanted to see that cause you know that Slade Wilson is death stroke your first time through. You don't know that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously I, we know what he becomes. I don't think I mean, the guy who plays him is great. Yeah. I don't think we're in that point yet where they, no, he hasn't been introduced yet where they reveal that Slade Wilson was the, uh, guy that tortured him. Well, you know, he wasn't the guy that tortured him. It was, uh, that was his buddy, uh, Willie, Billy Wintergreen. Remember there's, there's two death strokes. Yeah. There's two of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wilson doesn't, doesn't, um, what happens the, their introduction was this is coming up where with the Bratva, which is, I think is this episode right here where, uh, he pretends to kill Oliver, pushes him down, but gives him the map. And then he finds Wilson in that plane. But, uh, and then they just kind of talk. And then obviously Wilson beats the shit out of Oliver for the, like the next three episodes, but trying to, trying whip to teach him into him. shape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he throws out all uh, them weapons and he's like, pick your poison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, I like, I like swords. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. I, I, you can't, uh, man, I tell you, that guy is such a damn good actor, especially as, uh, Slade Wilson slash Deathstroke. Um, anyway, episode 12, Vertigo. Complete the shift count here. slash. Yeah, it, it totally took like right out of left field, right? Yeah. Uh, into like the next big baddie, you know, or the baddie of the, 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 the week or whatever. And it introduced the Bratva, which is awesome too. Uh, the Count slash Vertigo was a great mini storyline. His presentation was great. Give some context there. I liked the way he was used, and like he was kind of like a little out there, or he didn't seem, or or at least he portrayed himself to be a little out there. I think gave him some credibility in my eyes. And then, even though he looked too young to be playing a quote unquote bad guy, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. guy he played, he appeared to be very young. But I think that you know the way that. He injected Oliver and all that stuff. Like it was, it was damn good. Um, yeah, and we got the introduction of the magic herb. Well, he used it on. This is the first time it was used on Arrow or, mm-hmm. or Oliver. He used it on Diggle when when Diggle was shot by Lawton. That's when he had to reveal himself to be Oliver to help him. But yes, this is the first time that I think this might be the first time Oliver used it, or the second time Oliver used it. But I, th- I think it was the first time the it was extent. explained, though, like that it's a. An herb that he found on the island, and it, it heals certain yeah. poisons and stuff like that. Maybe so. 
Yeah, that might be a, might be exactly what happened. The next episode is uh, betrayal. We already talked about the other part of that episode where the Broadfin stuff, but uh, the next one is called betrayal. Uh, basically, my little notes were Moira continues to be a weak character in this season. However, her shooting Oliver was pretty badass. Vance wasn't given much story, but the actor did well. I enjoyed the unlikely team of Oliver and Quentin. I think Quentin is the best character, is one of the best characters in the show. Uh, intro into Slade Wilson was awesome. I really did. We need to say much else about this particular episode. I mean, I think I pretty much did a good job summing it up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the most important thing that happened this episode was Slade Wilson. Like, well, Oliver getting shot by his mom was pretty was pretty cool. Like, in a bad way, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because he tried to break in an interrogator, and then next yeah. thing you know, his mom is the one that puts down the arrow. <laughs> yeah, she, and she shot his ass. She's the first person to really, well, besides uh, the black arrow, he's the first person to really put him down. And obviously the introduction of Slade Wilson and him kind of talking about it and, and revealing that it was actually Wintergreen who tortured him, and that that was the first time that he kind of, uh, well, yeah, and that was the first time he kind of felt like, um, you know, he was kind of, a part of a team, I guess. The next episode is the uh, the uh, Odyssey. Man, this is a pretty good episode. Again, this is where the backstory and the uh, I mean, basically, if you read that entire thing out, there's like two epi- two uh, two lines talking about this season, the current time, and then like the other seven. <laughs> The other giant paragraph only talks about off the, uh, off the, or on the island, right? And uh, this is where the island stuff started to get really good. So uh, I'll read my little notes, and then you can kind of have some talking with it. But uh, having to expose his identis- identity to Felicity was wonderfully done. Her refusing to join and then decide to just deciding to just so she could help Walter was a nice twist. The growth of the relationship between Slade and Oliver is awesome. I never cared for fires, uh, as everything about him is pretty underwhelming. Intro for Shadow was pretty good. Proves Yao Feng is Yao Fei is doing what he's doing for a reason. He's not just this a lot. Of, yeah, like well, it finally gave some some context, right? Yeah, and his uh, reasoning. Yeah, and uh, like why he kicked them off the cliff, but he didn't kill them. Right, right. And obviously, this is where Wilson kind of, uh, how can I word it? This is where Wilson sort of, I guess, starts down his path of what we think is going to be a good teammate for Oliver, right? Yeah, because he's starting to understand that even though Oliver doesn't have the fighting skill and like the the will to kill and all that, he is a loyal person. Yeah, because he tries to save Yao Fei. And then, uh, ends up recaptured and Wilson arrives and just starts murdering people, which is, you know, pretty badass, right? <laughs> yeah. Old death stroke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even without the mask on number 15, there's not much to say about this episode either. Uh, there's some cool stuff that happens. Uh, my notes were Dodger is underwhelming. Putting Felicity in harm's way. Isn't terrible. Uh, it gives her some extra depth. Diggle and Carly always seem really weird. I, I yeah, nothing about that is, seems cool to me at all it seems very weird uh intro into trying to date your sister-in-law you kind of kind of weird yeah very weird i it never felt natural at all no uh intro into roy harper was great 
I think that they just did never really fully capture on how great Roy Harper and, uh, you know, Red Arrow slash Arsenal could have been. They just never really fully got it. And I, it really sucks because they introduced a lot of these really crappy guys later on. Like, uh, oh, man, what are their names? I can't even remember them. But, you know, they introduced his, the, his team later on, and, and he wasn't one of them. And it just really pissed me off because oh, you mean like he could have done dog? so much. Yeah, yeah, oh, Wild okay. Dog and uh, the rest of them. I didn't mind, uh, what's his name? The uh, uh, I didn't really think Wild Dog was oh, a great character. Guy? Yeah, the tech guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I can't. Mr. Terrific. There is, that's his name. I didn't really mind Mr. Terrific because he had, the Mr. Terrific version had a lot of, or the, the, the normal guy had a lot of benefits. Well, he's kind of like a playoff of, was, he was kind of like a playoff of Felicity, but Felicity had already taken yeah. that role, so it was kind of weird. Yeah, kind of like just a double up, but I felt like Roy Harper could have been a better sidekick, I guess. Oh, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, uh, Dodger, it's all about the Dodger. Dodgers are underwhelming. Man, I just, the only thing that was cool about Do- the Dodger was was him putting putting Felicity in harm's way and then him kind of outsmarting Oliver that one time. But yeah, otherwise, nothing. Uh, just real quick about the flashback. Oliver leaving that guy in the cave does a great job of foreshadowing the future. And gives us some insight in how Oliver will continue to grow. Man, I tell you, that did a that one pulled on you a little bit. You didn't know the guy at all, but they did a great job of kind of getting you like, oh man, is he really going to leave this mug? Like, is he really just going to leave this mug right here? And he did, and uh, he proves to be the right decision uh, a couple episodes down. But yeah, man, that was something else, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Number sixteen or episode sixteen's dead to rights. Basically, this one just reintroduces Lawton, which is pretty cool. I've always liked Lawton, and I don't think him being in here is necessarily a bad thing. This is once Moira is trying to have someone... Yeah, Myra trying to have someone kill Malcolm. And uh, they decide to hire Lawton, and that was great. And then Malcolm being shot... And then Oliver having to reveal himself to Tommy to save Malcolm's life is a such a twist of fate, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that like this little thing just kind of turns everything upside down. And, and the, then uh, the other thing too is when when that moment happens, you got to think too. That's kind of when Tommy's character shifts. Like Tommy's no lot. longer Tommy's no longer the best friend, you know, from high school. He's now starting to go down the uh, the route of almost becoming a villain, you know, as we continue on in the season. Yeah, I think that, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but Oliver opening the nightclub and then Tommy taking over the nightclub. And I guess at this, before this point, at some point, no, I guess it hasn't quite happened. Just, yeah, it had to have happened already. Yeah, so with, they were already running it together. Yeah, it's already open, but he hasn't quite joined his dad just yet, just yet. Because uh, there's an episode soon, which I think is actually the next episode, where Quentin wants to break into the, or rather wants to see down below in the nightclub. And then him bringing in all those old bottles of wine and stuff to help protect Oliver was something, it's kind of weird because that wasn't really the trajectory he was put on, right? So Yeah, you you thought he was going to sell him out, but he didn't. So you're kind of trying to question, like, what is it he's doing? But also you kind of yeah. get a little glimpse of his moral code. Like, yeah, I don't like you anymore because you are the vigilante, but I'm not going to sell you out either. 
Right, which gave him some depth for sure. And and they uh, introduced uh, Dinah, Laurel's mother. They kind of talked about thinking Sarah. that Sarah's still alive. Yeah. Man, that one, they did a great job of tugging at your heartstrings in all these different ways in that particular episode. Um, it was great to see Lance have a moment where he broke down. Um, it was great to see, well, not that it's great to see, but you know what I'm saying, that their ability to kind of show that emotion, uh, Laurel kind of showing a lot of that emotion, being able to meet Dinah, you know, her mother, which she doesn't show up very often in this particular sh- show in general, uh, was pretty cool. We didn't mention her yet, but uh, Hall, which is his his girlfriend, Oliver's girlfriend at the time, man, the way she gets shot and everything in this next episode is just so terrible. What is her first? I can't remember her first name, but I don't. They were obviously they weren't going to last, right? Because she's a cop. Yeah, <laughs> and and Oliver does what he does, but uh, I think that they were a good yin and yang for each other because she's so busy that it never was like. I guess it never felt like. They they weren't spending time together, I guess. Obviously, do a good job of introducing how Thea and Roy are kind of like not quite becoming boyfriend girlfriend, but they're kind of like thinking about it. I think still developing um, feelings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird that they just sent Hall off though. She decided she was moving to Coast City and she was leaving, and that was kind of crazy. They had to get her I out just, of there. Yeah, I guess she just wasn't going to work, right? Because I I think here soon Laurel in. Uh, Oliver have their moment and that that makes I guess maybe that's why Oliver and Wilson I think this is probably the goofiest part of it so I don't know how I feel about that one but you know they're still building the story right the next particular episode uh next episode is as 18 salvation man I tell you these next couple episodes really just kind of they're just kind of push pushing to the next little bit a lot of it you know I don't know there's not a lot of scene in that particular episode, really, right? No, a lot of it is about that, that triad stuff. Know. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't much to that one. Oh, the uh, Roy almost dies. That's like I guess that's a key thing in this one, right? Minor Was details. That guy. Yeah, and then Oliver saves him, and then that kind of sets them down their next little part. Um, but a lot of yeah, like you said, it's about triad, and then uh, Chen getting killed. That was crazy. That uh, the Black Arrow killed him. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, not a lot to it, really. Episode 19, a new new form of vertigo. This one's pretty crazy, right? Uh, where they they set it up as though it's the vertigo, the count, and he's faking his mental illness and all this. It turns out it would end up being the psychiatrist, not the count. Like, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that I enjoyed was, that. That was a really good twist. I, I like that, too. Yeah. Obviously, Tommy quitting. This is when Tommy quits, and then he joins up with his dad and starts working for his dad. And this is where he kind of starts to turn into the dark side, right? This mm-hmm. is this is where I this is where you think they're setting up Tommy becoming the Black Arrow and Malcolm passing the mantle. This is what it that's what you think it's starting to set up and it ended up not being the case, right? This is also where Oliver decides to help Diggle with Lawton and then and then I, I don't think it's the next ep- yeah, it's the next episode where well, that's he has just to because, make a decision. Yeah, it's just cuz Diggle saved his ass. Remember yeah. at the end of the episode I mean, where he flipped over on the gurney? And Diggle whooped ass and saved yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, gave, yeah. Gave him yeah, that, saved uh, his ass. <laughs> the arrow that he concocted with the herb in it. Yeah. Man, I tell you, that was like probably the first time Diggle kind of like got to show out. Not the first time, but one of the first times where he like got to Like he really was show the hero. Out. Yeah, he was the hero yeah. of that episode. Yeah, which is awesome. Flashbacks, this part I really didn't care about. They're just talking about how, you know, Yao Fei's being, you know, forced blame and why he's exiled to the island, which is all crap, whatever. Um, 
episode 20. We're, we're getting to the home stretch here. This one was kind of tough, man. This one I actually really liked, I think, uh, this particular episode. But yeah, it's like the final one this, with Deadshot, I think. Yeah. This is the one where they go to his house that with the uh the hitman. I freaking love that hitman. I thought that he was a like a really good foil without saying anything. And like the fighting they did in the that particular episode was awesome. And then Death by Poker, you know, that was yeah. a funny funny line at the end. By Quentin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is it? Death by poker. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you, uh, like you said, death by poker. That's your story. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Cause he says the guy that died saved his life. Yeah. Cause um, he still, sus- he still kind of has that sneaky suspicion that Oliver is the vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. And then unfortunately he chose to help them instead of capture Lawton, which kind of leaves Diggle and his, his, well, his former wife, we don't know it's his former wife, but leave her kind of on their own. And Diggle kills a bunch of them. The other one is Tommy deciding to leave Laurel. That was crazy. Kind of really sets you in a weird spot, right? Yeah, that, uh, that's when the whole relationship between Oliver, Laurel, and Tommy just starts getting really all over the place. And yeah, you don't know where Laurel, Laurel is leading, and you don't know where the hell Oliver's leading. You don't know what anybody's doing. You kind of feel like you're in the relationship. You don't know what's going on either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then, of course, in the flashbacks, this is where uh, Yao Fei's already dead. He's been killed, I'm pretty sure. And uh, Shadow... No, I guess he hasn't quite been killed yet. No, he's just, been, he's just been captured again. Yeah, uh, but Shadow has broke out. Shadow is te- trying to teach Oliver how to use the bow. Uh, that's where they get 21. all... That's where they get all kissy-kissy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what sets the seeds for Season 2. Episode 21, The Undertaking. Man, that's a big episode. This is kind of, yeah, this one has a lot to it, man. Uh, this is where Oliver frees Walter. You know, Laurel asks more about Tommy and kind of like what's really going on. And Tommy's like, listen, you still love Oliver. I'd rather just kind of not have to do with it. This is this is where Mal, this is where uh, Robert kind of gets his moment in the, in the sun, so to speak. Yeah, episode 21. This is where he gets yeah. his moment. <laughs> where him, you know, having that conversation with Malcolm talking about the undertaking and how he wants to level the glades and that sort of stuff. Kind of nuts, man. Like you said, they, this is also the, uh, the underground conceit casino part where, uh, Felicity goes in as counting cards and stuff, which gave, gives you a, a kind of a moment to kind of see Felicity's kind of a badass too, you know, in her own way. Yeah. It, it, it definitely just kept that. Like I said, we're, we're on the downstretch now. So it really did a good job of kind of wrapping up. Or not wrapping up, but kind of like putting everything in motion, right? Yeah, leading up to the climax. Yeah. So uh, we're going to keep rolling. Episode 22, Darkness uh, of the End of the Town. Man, this one I kind of struggle with, right? (laughs) Uh, Malcolm walking in there and killing all those people at the, uh, what is the name of that place they bought? I cannot remember the name of it. but Yeah, Unidec, the one that built the machine for them. Diggle capturing Oliver and Moira. In an attempt to, you know, try to get all the truth out of Moira. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Impersonating the hood again. <clears throat> yeah. And he um, kind of looked at Oliver like, hit me, you pussy. Make it look real. Yeah. <laughs> Which was awesome. This is when Oliver and Laurel start to finally start to kind of like try again. And Tommy saw it, which kind of pushed him in that other direction. Yep. Just, um, just enforcing his bad guy role. In our minds, we're like, Tommy's going to be a bad guy. I'm calling it right now. Right. And, uh, you know, Walter filing for divorce because he knows, basically knows that Myra or Moira was involved in his kidnapping. Myra. Yeah. 
uh, Roy wants to be trained uh, by the vigilante, and he's starting to push away Thea. Man, there's a lot going on in this episode, and uh, this is this is the one where I was saying it was a foreshadowing that Oliver, uh, the guy that Oliver chose not to help, is revealed to be working for fry, for fires. Man, yeah, the, like, the, ran- the random guy in the him, cave, right? yeah. And you're just like, oh. and then of course that's the guy Oliver beats the shit out of, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it was like he's like, God dang it, I should have killed you, you know? Where it's like, and I think that's partly where his like lack of mercy came from, right? Because he gave that guy a little bit of mercy by not killing him, but he didn't save him. And there's like a fine line between the two, right? Next episode, sacrifice. It's the second to last episode of this season. Malcolm catches Oliver. Uh, how he escapes is pretty badass. He he just climbs up the chain and like pulls the light fixture down. Like pipe, that was pretty yeah. badass. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's over like a a pipe of some sort. Yeah. And this is Moira. the last. This is the last episode, by the way. Oh, this is the is this yeah. last episode? This is the finale. Oh, I thought there was twenty four episodes. Okay, twenty three episodes, huh? Yeah. We, okay. Well then, we we in the shit now. Yeah, I mean we really are because everything shit sort of hits the fan here, right? Moira. Moira. The way uh, they did this episode, that, man, you know? it was just so action-packed. It really just, was. Yeah, it was like a Batman movie, right? Yeah, every, like it was like, every five to ten minutes, there was something new that was still a big, pivotal part of the whole 22 episodes, well, minus some of the filler stuff, but all that build-up is, is starting to come to a head now. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, M- Moira finally growing a backbone and saying, like, this is what really happened. You know, her just admitting that it was Malcolm and, and what he's planning to do. And then, then the device. Uh, Malcolm confirms that he is who he is, right? Yeah, and then the the device actually goes, like, you know, Quentin disables that one and you think it's all good and dandy. And then Malcolm has that yeah. one, you know, like, famous dying villain guy line where he's like, one thing about doing business is you always have a backup option. And then Oliver's yeah. like, shit, there's a second one. And then it yeah. actually goes off, and you're like, oh my god, I didn't see this coming at all. You know, yep. and then all the buildings start collapsing, like, you start to see almost what looks like, you know, wrap-ups of people's relationships, you know, like, Thea and Roy, there's there's Moira and Thea, you know, after her press conference, there's Laurel and Tommy, and then, you know, the big one, of course, is when Oliver runs back in the building to pull the rocks oh. off Tommy, and realizes that the rebar is like straight through his chest. And yeah. I'm not going to lie, oh, man, man, that one almost got me. And it's weird because, you know, they were shaped, they were shifting Tommy to be this villain. But that one and, moment, man, it's like hmm. you, you just flash back to what Tommy was at the beginning of the season. It's just, it was well, well done. Yeah. It, um, you didn't see it coming in no. a lot of ways. You know, you thought that you really thought it was going to be Oliver saving Laurel. And they did a great job of building that up like that was going to be it, right? And then having Tommy run in there at the last minute, Tommy's the hero. And then having him die and Oliver finding him and just watching Oliver just just literally weep because mm-hmm. he's so sad that he lost his best friend, no matter what had happened in the future or in the past, right? Yeah. Man, it was, it was, uh, it was something that you just can't really put into, tr- into words, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, it has a huge impact on Oliver, right? Because at the beginning of season two, he's off back to Lian Yu. He's like, fuck this. I'm done. Like, I can't do this. Right. And uh, it's just crazy, like, the, just what happened to him and how he took it. Obviously, this is, I just want to get this out of the way. In the flashbacks, Oliver and Shadow, they man- managed to override the coordinates. And then 
Oliver Keels fires finally with showing that he's pretty decent with a bow now, which was pretty crazy. That was so good too. The, yeah, it it really set him up to be kind of a badass. So like that, like yeah. I don't know if there's anything we can say that went bad in this, right? Because Fires was holding Shadow hostage, and Shadow yeah. gave gave him that little look, you know, like just breathe, feel the bow, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. Like implement your training. Like I trust you. You got this. It, in that moment, it didn't even make Oliver look like he had to hesitate. Like he looked like the arrow that we know now, and just an arrow straight through the throat. You know, so good. Right. This season and the ending of this season is so damn good. And it ends just, on a damn cliffhanger, too. Yeah, a hell of a cliffhanger. And uh, I love that he told Tommy he didn't kill his dad. Although, even in the recap, it says that he dies, but he. They never really say that he dies. Yeah. Uh, I like that he told Tommy that. Even if even if the portrayal was for him to be dead, I do enjoy that he he lied to Tommy to protect Tommy at the in the end of, of his life. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then just just hearing Tommy whisper, you know, kind of like whisper out "thank you" and then kind of dies is like so freaking sad. Quentin, when he thinks he can't disarm the bomb, and he calls Laurel and tells her, you know, you got to go. I love you and uh, all that, man. I just tell you, it just that is like downhill, buddy. You're like the the waterworks are getting ready to start, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like because you kind of to to feel those scenes, you kind of have to almost put yourself in that perspective. You know, like imagine yeah. if, imagine if your daughter, you know, who's basically man. your only family left, and you know yeah. that shit's going south. Like this this device is gonna go. And you know that you have a chance to talk to her, you know, say your last words to her, hear her voice, because you know that this device is going off. If you put yourself in that perspective, man, it's really done well on the CW's end. Yeah, I mean, they did a great job just building the entire seat, like the whole season. I mean, even though it had its ups and downs and introduced things that we don't really know about, right? Like the the way they introduced the the but they didn't give you much, right? They just gave you just a little nibble. The way they introduced a lot of the other, you know, a lot of the characters and kind of their up and downs and stuff. It did a good job of kind of like making you kind of have to figure things out. The thing I don't like, oh, one other thing that I remember is, uh, I can't remember who he was talking to, but uh, they said, they asked him about being on the island and he said, well, yeah, I've encountered people, but it wasn't all, I wasn't always on the island for the whole five years. And like, I can't remember if he was talking to Diggle or who he was talking to at that time. And uh, it finally set the seed, you know, it planted that seed that you're going to talk about times where he was actually off the island, but never made it home. And uh, I think that was pretty cool, too, because I think he makes it to mainland China and that sort of stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's just it really leads up. It opened the door, I guess, to a lot of new things that he could do instead of it being strictly just the island. Although I do think the island was very lost like, right? One of the things that I had a hard time dealing with, I have it written in my notes, I kind of forgot about it because we was moving, is when Oliver keeps talking to random people about all the hard choices he had to make on the island. He's not talking to Diggle or Felicity about these hard choices. He's just talking to random people. Like, how would the random people know what these hard choices are? Because you (laughs) got to think, in, in their mind, they probably just think his hardest choices were finding food. And, you know, because yeah. if you survive on an island for five years, chances are you have a shelter built. You you already know how to make yeah. fire. 
the hard part's going to be feeding yourself for five years. Ain't nobody thinking that Oliver went through all this stuff that we, the audience, is seeing in the flashbacks. So to me, that that whole hard choices, and I put it in quotes for a reason because he kept saying that word, that phrase. It just it didn't click for me. Yeah, I that was one of those kind of goofy ones. I guess the whole point was that was a way for him to kind of cop out of telling anything. But at the same time, you're right. It just seems like it was kind of disingenuous, right? Because you just you're not giving any examples, but at the same time, you're sort of trying to placate people. I, I think they kind of leaned on it a little bit too much in the like, oh, he had such a tough time on the on the island. But then it's like you just like you say, you just assume that tough time was just being able to live, right? Mm-hmm. Not the actual issues he dealt with. Yeah, Obviously, Leanne used called purgatory for a reason, though. Yeah, who's gonna th- who's gonna think that Oliver fought a freaking army? For five years, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of absurd to yeah. to implant that idea in a normal person's head. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, basically, right? He fight the first year; it's all about uh, fires. The second year is about Doctor Ivo, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the Mirakuru, and then it goes on from there. But yeah, it's 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 kind of unusual that. Well, first of all, it's weird that it all continues to happen on Lian Yu, which is a small island that nobody can apparently find. That's side, that point aside, that Bermuda Triangle, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like nobody can find it, but it, except Oliver, who can go back back and forth till the end. You whenever the hell he wants to. Apparently, um, he has a wormhole. <laughs> yeah, he can just kind of teleport there, right? Um, and then isn't that where like they all go later on, and uh, with with his kid and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah I just it starts to get a little bit too much. Um, even though I think I think that was during. I can't remember if that was Adrian Chase or not, but yeah, it was. That was one of his. That was one of his. That was one of the last good seasons they had when they blew up the um, island, or he did. Yeah, yeah, that was like the last good season where they make you think everybody else died. Son of a bitches! They did a good <laughs> job with that, didn't they? They always do a good job, kind of hustling you with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Yao Fei dying. That happened in the episode before, but the way that fires just like. Just, yeah, no, you know, no really warning or anything. It's just like, thank you for doing what I asked. Peace. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's freaking crazy. Just bloop, you know, I, and I, I don't even know if I guess they eventually do tell us who was. Who fires was working for. I don't even know if that happens or not. I don't really remember now I'm that I think. Sh- about I'm it. not sure no either. Idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, I obviously it wasn't important in the grand scheme of things, but well, yeah, I, mean, I don't it, even know who. It kind of was because they they flashed that scene of uh, when he's he said you know it's not me it's my employer that you should be worried about and then they showed that scene with the woman ah. sitting behind the desk and all you saw was like her legs and her heels yeah yeah so I googled it of course just for a quick answer and that was Amanda Waller who is the huh. runner the uh, person who works for Argus right so apparently that's what she she was the one who was contracted to do that. Uh, that's crazy. She eventually died. Oh, that must, exp- I'm sure that it's explained in season two because I'm pretty sure Wilson kills Amanda Waller. Somebody kills Amanda Waller. I think it's Wilson before he gets put in the, uh, like in, he's put back on Lee and you in a, like containment cell. Yeah. Cause I don't, I crazy. don't think that's that, all season two though. Yeah. I don't think that had anything to do with like flashpoint and all that stuff. No, no, this all happened. Uh, Flash isn't introduced until season three. 
So oh, okay. we won't even we won't even know nothing about Flash just yet. Um, there'll be a, there, obviously in season three there'll be an, an episode that's all about Flash, and it'll seem kind of unusual once we talk about it. And then we'll probably have to do a we'll probably do a separate podcast just on the uh, the crossover events. This is us talking now. We've already completed the thing, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that way they kind of can get their due their due justice right because it's going to be fo- like think. I think Flashpoint's like five of them, right? There's one, <laughs> there's five yeah. episodes talking about the Flashpoint, right? Yeah, I think there's uh, three, four, or something like that. Yeah, so the, the and most of them have at least three. The crisis, yeah, crisis on, on Infinite to Earth. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all five. It's uh, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, uh, DC and, Legends of Tomorrow, and I, I guess four. I, I felt like yeah. there was one more. I felt like there was one more show. Uh. No, because the only um, other show they the only other show that they had was Batwoman. uh well Batwoman and uh Black Lightning. Yeah. Yeah, he I don't think he crossed over yet. No. I apparently he has now, but not at that point yet. Black Lightning was a pretty good show, but I've only seen two ep- two seasons. I didn't watch past the second season. I didn't but, get into that show. Yeah, you know. At the time, I was just like super invested in all CW shows, right? So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's just, you just kind of watched you know, them all. And that's that's the other thing too is like I noticed watching through season one, like you know how we talked, you know, a little bit on one of our other podcasts about how the CW's you know direction with like Iris and Flash and and uh, you know that kind of stuff. I didn't see none of that in season one of Arrow. Like I didn't see any yeah. hidden. Hidden agenda from CW in in this whole episode, but you'll see yeah, it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, you'll see it as this show ages. You know when they start making the push for like Felicity to be the lead character in in Arrow. Yeah, and, and Mister Terrific, which is fine, but like certain other people as well, um, which I'm okay with. It's just it feels forced, like you were yeah, saying. Don't, don't force it down my throat. Just let yeah. it shine naturally. Right, and and by season, I don't know which season it is, season five or six, as much as you love Felicity, you're, like, kind of tired of her. Like, Yeah. It's a little too progression. late. It's a little too late to make her the, the badass. Yeah, well, they, t- they, like, that one episode where, this is just us kind of going all over the place, but the one episode where she becomes, she, like, you know, when she had her black hair, and she's, like, went all goth and went back in the oh, day, you know? so hot. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah. I'm into that, and then, uh, but then they pull all the rug out from under, right? They like show this is kind of her at her best, and then the Diaz, that whole, I, I, I my goodness, yep, <laughs> that's, that's that's a complaint for another day. I, I agree. Um, we'll we'll get to that in the future episodes. Yeah, uh, next week, uh, the next week that airs will be uh, Arrow season two. It might take us a couple weeks, but we're a little bit ahead, so. Hopefully we can get season one and season two back to back. If not, it'll be a couple episodes between them. Uh, anything, any closing thoughts about season one before we kind of start wrapping this up? Um, just such a good season. Forgot how good of a show it was. Like I said, I this thing came out in 2012, and I haven't watched it since 2012, 2013, whenever we first started watching it. And going back and re-watching it after you know kind of the whole basis of everything that happens and it's so much easier to piece where the show is heading. It's just so well done. Like I don't have 
really any complaints about it except for some of these lesser known bad guys and stuff that kind of I feel like they soak a little too much time with and it kind of bores me and doesn't hold my attention but past that little minor complaint just such a good season well a little peek behind the curtain uh you know we were trying to gonna kind of wing this and just kind of go based off of memory we both were like man i don't know if i want to watch all 23 episodes again like i just because this isn't the season we wanted to talk about but you kind of can't talk about this season or talk about the next season without talking about this season and we didn't want to just cherry pick seasons to talk about so we said well we might as well do them all and uh i was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna watch them so that i can get a good basis and we can kind of just talk about it yada 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 and i got like four episodes i watched like seven episodes in a day which is impossible for me to do anything that long in any of you know any one thing in that long and uh it was like one two o'clock in the morning i'm still watching arrow and i'm like jesus like i don't ever do this anymore and uh you know it's just great and the thing is like i already kind of know what happens right yeah <laughs> but it still sucked me in i don't need sleep uh, what's that yeah, and then the funny thing was uh, Bud was just going to basically – he's like, I'll just watch a couple episodes just to refresh my memory. And then uh, Bud texted me a couple days. I don't know when it was, but it's, it's one of the reasons why the show got de- – why this particular show got delayed was Bud, Bud texted me, and he was like, I think I uh, – I think I'm just going to keep watching it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> it was, like, that was the original reason. It was like six reason. or seven episodes in. Yeah. You, you had already uh, had all these notes typed out, and I was still stuck yeah. on like episode – nine or something but i'm like yep. bruh i i just want to i just want to rewatch this whole show like podcasts or not i just want to watch this yeah. stuff and uh you know that's what it took we got a little into it so like i was currently it might take a while but i was currently watching game of thrones and i'm like on season three of game of thrones and i just paused game of thrones like fuck, <laughs> that, fuck that show i'm watching arrow now <laughs> uh and it's just it just reminds you how freaking good it is right yeah, and uh, the next one's going to be a four-hour podcast, probably. Sorry, oh, bud. Lord, uh, it's our favorite. I mean, it's the favorite season. Like, there's just so much good stuff that happens in season two. I hope it lives up to our our expectation, our or what we remember, right? <laughs> yeah, that that would be kind of hurting hurting to the heart there. Yeah, if it was if it come out corny. I hope not. I don't think there's any way. I mean, Slade Wilson, I mean, the first time we see him as Deathstroke, man, uh, in his orange, like in his new one, not the old school, but the new one with his orange, and it's like metal and or whatever. Yeah, how you know the, Deathstroke in the comics. Uh, yeah. Dude, man, I tell you. And like the fact that you're not really sure it's Deathstroke. I think I'm pretty sure the way they start the season, you don't really know it's Deathstroke. And then they finally like give you that little piece, and it's like, man. Oh, I'm so excited for season two. Um, well, if I remember right, I'm pretty sure the first shot is Slade Wilson sitting in Oliver's house and he said something about how you doing, kid? You know, his famous catch line, how he always called him a yeah. kid on the island. And you're like, oh, I know you. I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't well, know yeah, it's, because they, you don't know it's Deathstroke, you know, at the time. You just know. Yeah. Uh, Wilson. Yeah. Slade Wilson. Yeah. They do a great job of just kind of like making you. Because you, first of all, we don't know of any character that carries on from from the flashbacks to the present day. Like we didn't have any connection, right? We assume that everything that happened in the past, they was, all died except done, for yeah. Oliver. Just because of the way that it was portrayed, he was on the island by himself, right? Yeah. When he was rescued, so you assume everybody dies. 
because you know Faye's Faye's gone, Shadow's gone. I guess yep. that's I guess it's about all the people Fires, on the island. Fires Ivo, is dead. I mean, at this time, yeah. Uh, and then we didn't ever really learn the fate of Wilson, Slade Wilson. Come to find out, obviously he comes to season two, which is awesome. I don't know if he's con- he's not considered one of uh, Green Arrow's like main bad guys. I mean, I guess he's one of them, but he's not his most well known. So I think it was crazy that they used him. Yeah, I'm not and sure. And they kind of gave him that time. I didn't. I didn't. I don't follow the comics very much on Arrow. And I remember before we even started taping the show, you even mentioned a tidbit to me that you didn't even know Arrow was an actual comic. You thought it was just a offshoot superhero that CW made. Yeah, well, yeah, I really didn't. I, I didn't understand that there was a. I guess I didn't connect the two dots, right? Like I just assumed it was just like yeah, like something that he kind of made up. I didn't know that it was like a. That's gonna make I don't know whatever. I don't really care. But it, it's obviously you're like, I don't really know. So it's just, yeah, I think it did. They did a great job of giving you just enough to kind of really get into it. I don't know. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, I guess I didn't, I, I guess because there wasn't any big baddie, like no one that like automatically transcends sort of uh, this time period from from season one anyway, that you're like, oh, I know that guy from a uh a Batman cartoon, right? There was mm-hmm. nobody in, no, there was nobody to connect the two together for me. And I was naive, you know, 2012 is a long time ago. I didn't really think to put two and two together. Uh, but yeah, we're good. I figured it out. Obviously yeah. once I kind of like got into it a little bit more, you start doing your research. Once you, once you realize it's more than just something you're kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah. Once um, you have to do a podcast episode on it. Yeah. You figure it's time to figure out that he's actually a comic. Yeah. <laughs> time to do some Googling. <laughs> Yeah, apparently Deathstroke is one of his main main villains, but not like it's not like in Flash where Reverse Flash is like his main villain. Zoom, uh, well, Savitar's made up, but Zoom, uh, these are like the key guys that he fights, right? It's not like that. Yeah. Um, what is the new one? Godspeed or whatever. It's not quite the same way. The Thinker. It's more like uh, Deathstroke's probably more like what you would think of with the Thinker and somewhere in that realm where they're still. Yeah, Good Death folk, but not to the same extreme. Not to De- the same extent. Deathstroke is more like a killer croc to Batman. Yeah, uh, they definitely made him seem like he was significantly better than that, which is what I enjoyed. They gave him a lot of. Uh, they gave him a made him seem like he was smarter, uh, tougher, faster, everything than him. So I'm super excited to watch season two and uh, get through season two, and then eventually, <laughs> eventually record a podcast about season two. However long that takes for you and I to finish it, who knows? <laughs> Probably be two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll have to find so some. That means, we'll have to throw in some random tidbit topics to talk yeah. about in between them. That means it'll air sometime in May. Uh, I guess another little peek behind the curtain. We try, try to stay ahead because Bud, obviously we're, we're broke and we don't pay people to edit our podcast. But Bud puts a great effort in to make sure that we're ready to roll. So we try to keep ahead of the schedule. So once we record, it probably is about a month before that particular episode airs. We do that, like I said, to give just in case something goes wrong or if we have to re-record a podcast. Uh, me and Bud don't have a lot of free time to really do these podcasts. We set aside anywhere between three, you know, four hours in a week that we're able to kind of have these conversations, which is awesome. We still get to spend time together and talk, you know, but we just don't have a lot of free time to do it. So 
we try to stay ahead just in case uh, anything happens. Like I'm going on vacation sometime in in uh, April. There'll be one one will be one one episode closer than I guess, <laughs> uh, unless yeah. he brings himself a special guest. Who knows? That way, there's no lapse in in content for y'all. Yeah, the goal is to make sure we always are releasing one every Monday at uh, 6 a.m. Uh, obviously, if you subscribe to the podcast on on Apple. I assume it's the same way for Spotify. If you follow, I think it is on Spotify. On Spotify, it automatically adds it to your playlist every every day, uh, every week once it's available for download. Uh, yeah. And you can either download it or listen to it or stream it directly without the download. I think with Spotify for the download, you have to be a premium member. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Apple Podcasts, you can just download them, you know, whenever. But. That's not that's not shooting shade, as they say. That's just <laughs> telling you the truth. Uh, <laughs> I, Look, man, uh, it's kind of funny. I own an iPhone, but I'm a Spotify man. <laughs> I pay for yeah, premium, so I don't care. And I'm an Apple guy. Well, I, I don't really care necessarily. I own an iPhone too, but it, I just podcasts. I was introduced to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, so that's just kind of how I learned about it. Um, if we you s- use any of the other particular ones. Uh, like we suck at closing episodes, by the way. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I got a lot of stuff I got to get in. I got to get my <laughs> shit in, okay? We, we did uh, We did our closing arguments like 15 minutes ago, and here we are talking yeah. about iPhone and Spotify. <laughs> well, I just some clarification. If you do use any of the other, uh, like Anchor and uh, some of the other ones available, Anchor is, a sp- is our sponsor, of course, um, and some of the other ones, like I can't even remember, some Google Podcasts and some of the, and if there's any that you particularly use that we are not on, uh, that you prefer us to be on, Bud can work that out, hopefully. Except for what was the one that you struggled with and you said no? Yeah, there there was two of them. I think it was like Oh. Pocket Cast and uh Breaker or something? Yeah, Pocket Cast is solely a mobile type deal. And then the other okay. one was just way too hard to get rocking and rolling to link to anchor. Gotcha. Well, I mean, we're still on, I think, seven different platforms, which is the majority of the important ones anyway. Yeah. Spotify and Apple are oh. the important ones. Yeah. And Anchor, of course, because and, they and are Anchor. a sponsor. <laughs> they are our sponsor, bud. You cannot not talk about them, bud. Um, well, I'm just telling yeah. you what the little pie chart tells me, okay? It ain't my fault that Anchor ain't a big slice of pie. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the bulk of our podcast listen through Spotify and Apple because that's what people use as the um, main source of downloads. But yes, <laughs> well, Anchor's owned by Spotify, so I guess they still get the same slot slice of pie either way. Which, in all honesty, um, I really don't understand because Anchor, like I was messing around with it on my phone, it is solidly. It is. I mean, this is not sponsor talk talking. Yeah, Anchor is just. It is a solid program. Like if Spotify and Apple Podcasts did not exist, then yeah, Anchor is a really good app for listening to shows. I mean, it's clean, yeah. it's simple, it works. It's almost set up like Apple, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, uh, you know, obviously when we were doing the research, this is gosh, kind of really, really veering off here. But uh, when it's we were doing we research do. into, yeah, when we were doing research into kind of what we were going to where we're going to publish. And again, this isn't us talking about as a sponsor, but it just happens to be our sponsor. But when we were doing it, we were looking into a bunch of different avenues and who's going to be the person that we use or or the company that we use to sort of uh, promote this 
and uh, use it to distribute our podcast. And it's like, I don't really know. And it yeah, was really we kind of went a, with Buzzsprout was another yeah. one. And the thing about Buzzsprout is they, I mean, they're not free. And, I, you know, at the end of the day, that's important to me and Bud. <laughs> well, <laughs> the other thing, too, you know, is that we, we want to leave all of our podcast up. So if we. Yes. If we happen to gain, you know, a follower and they want to go through and listen to our whole collection of work, Anchor allows them to do that because yep. all these other websites, they might only let you have two they make shows. You pay for it. Yeah, two shows up at a time. And then they make you pay twenty dollars a month to add five more slots. And yep. like Chris said earlier, we both broke. And Anchor gives us the ability to do it and uh you know, they got a lot of really cool tools and a lot of really awesome things that we I was pleasantly surprised. Obviously, me telling Bud that it's owned by Spotify made it a lot easier for Bud to buy in. Yeah, that helps. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it was a good app even when it wasn't owned by Spotify, but Spotify and snatching it up made it, you know, uh, gave it a more credibility, so to speak, right? Yeah, and, and, uh, and you don't have to be tech savvy to do it. I mean, that's God, no. That's the most impressive part. I mean, I, I mean, straight from your iPhone, you know, I, I mean, I hail from a background to where I write and compose my own music, you know, electronic music and analog stuff with like guitars and stuff. But that's neither here or there. But I have experience already with the audio recording and, and mixing and mastering and that kind of stuff. But even if you don't, you know, Anchor, I mean, they, they make it simple. You can do everything from a web browser. You don't even have to download nothing. Or if just straight from the app, literally, you could record add your cuts uh everything straight from the app like it's, transitions I, and know. sound effects and yeah I mean, just all kinds of cool stuff like i said not and, having and to music. be tech savvy yeah and that's what? uh you know obviously we are a little bit well you're tech savvy i'm just an idiot over here with the with a mic in front of me but you're, yeah you're the producer you you, you yeah. schedule <laughs> the shows and what we're going to talk about and you, you keep everything in path and i just sit here and say mm-hmm yeah, I just I just run my mouth a lot. Yeah, I'm sure people are about sick and tired of it. Maybe maybe when that anime episode drops, uh, there'll there'll be a post that says we want more Bud. You know, uh, you never not. know. Maybe they'll be like, Chris, you need to shut up some more. Uh, but yes. Uh, anyway, enough uh, jammering and slammering and rock and rolling about all this other stuff. But Arrow uh, season two's coming. Can't wait. And uh, that's it. Love you guys. Thank you for all your support. Bud, say bye. No. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. If you made it this far, we appreciate you for listening. Once again, thanks for all the support. If you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us at our socials. Twitter would be Chris and Bud Show One. Chris's personal Twitter would be at Deliberate88. My personal Twitter would be at BudB88. And we also just launched a Discord that's free for the public to join. You can find the Discord link through our Twitter in the show. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you all have a good day, and we'll see you next week.